Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And ahoy and call the Hunter, also known as just Hunter. And this is a Hero Story, episode 114. Welcome. Uh-huh. A Hero Story is a show where we have high energy. That's right. <laughs> I've been a little low energy the last few episodes. I well, admit it. last week. Listen, last week I was decent, but my audio was crap. I'm back on a microphone. That's nice, right? I don't that have my flash nice. background, but I'm, I'm back to the mic, which is nice. <laughs> I, I have saved your guys' ears. Listen, uh, Hero Story, it's a great show, right? Great, run by some great guys. We talk yeah. about comics, comic book movies, comic book animation, comic book video games. You name it, we talk about it. This week's episode is a little bit more laid back because, you know, last week we had an hour and 10 minutes of, the you know, breaking down the DC state, DC mm-hmm. new state, which if you haven't checked it out, go check it out if you want to learn a little bit about the dc new state we but learned ourselves and then we talked we you learned guys, on yeah. air uh when our, we had our buddy drew on who was great mm-hmm. uh this week a little bit more laid back there's not much news there's not many comics and uh we're probably gonna do another history lesson at the end of the episode uh yeah for those that, of you that missed you want, our last stamps. one what was it two episodes ago that we did our last history lesson yeah, I think too. Yeah, it's something new on the show where we go over the history of a character, not through the story of fiction, like, oh, his parents were killed, blah, blah, blah. We go over how this character was actually made. So last time we did the how Captain America was created during the whole World War II time. So this week we're probably doing Batman, right? Yeah, uh, yes, we'll be definitely doing Batman, and if we're running short on time, may or sorry, we're running uh, long on time, maybe another one. So yeah. Uh, We'll see how the episode progresses. Uh, but before we get into anything, 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 uh, I just want to thank all the great people who have been donating to our Indiegogo uh, comic page. We have officially hit, I don't have it up right now, but I, I think, think it was 88? 88%. Yeah, 88%. As of recording, it could yeah, be 100 as, as by the time you're listening. <laughs> that would be, that would, yeah. All right, so we're at 88%, 1,775 of 2,000. Uh, I am shocked and uh, I love it. So uh, We jump big time I, this week. So yeah, thank you. we got we got a, we got a big jump this week. We have mm-hmm. a little bit over a month left to get on the campaign. So uh, if you've been holding back, don't hold back anymore. Just yeah, go, uh, just go jump on the Indiegogo, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just reach out to us with any questions you have about it. Uh, listen, it's our first printed comic. I'm excited. Hunter's excited. Yeah. Drew's excited. It's gonna be uh, a really good thing, and I'm I'm excited for it to all just happen. So. Such a cool story, guys. Like, seriously, it, it's just nice to have. It's an indie comic made by fans. Like, yeah. if you're a listener to this podcast, you could see what we do when we're not staring through a screen and talking through mics. I drew a hospital today. That was fun. Why is there a hospital in this story? Go You'll to Indiegogo for your order. The story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but but yeah, so that's that's the little pitch. Uh, go check it out. Price of Hero pays on Indiegogo, or you can go to our website, HeroStoryComics.com, where we have the links to all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to learn or you want to see more of our comic stuff, you can check out uh, uh, Ariel. I can remember yeah. the name for a minute. That, that's a little bad. I only have one story. How can I not remember it? Uh, you can check out Ariel, oh, so which is available on comiXology or just dm me i'll email you a copy because i just want to get that comic out there so uh exactly yeah so so, all right that's that's the hero story pitch now let's get into the podcast so uh as i mentioned before not a big news week not a big comic week but uh we'll cover what we got um time stamps in description if you do want to skip ahead but Mm -hmm. i always recommend listening to the full episode but for those who do want to skip ahead the comics this week are daredevil number what is it, 23? Yeah, 23. 23. Iron, Iron Man number 2. The Amazing Spider-Man number 50.LR. 
which is kind of like a continuation of issue 50. It's basically issue 51. And Batman number 101, I Yep, believe. 101. Yeah. Okay, and uh, yeah, so with the news, uh, it's all live-action news this week. We don't actually have any comic, uh, big comic news or animation or any of that. Um, and the biggest piece of news, which um, I don't know if anybody was actually too hyped about this, Jared Leto's Joker is returning. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I, Hunter knew I was going to do that, and I knew Hunter was going to do that. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, uh, he's going to be returning in the Snyder Cut, which... Um, of all things, yeah, the what? Snyder Cut. Okay, so there were rumors, actually, like in 2017, even 2016, I believe, that his Joker was going to be in Justice League. But it was just a rumor, and then it was shut down, and you know, it never happened. But maybe that rumor ended up being true after all. Granted, Leto is not going to be like, oh, hey, they're putting some of my scenes in. He's actually filming scenes, I believe, this week as yep. Joker. Interesting, saying how he wasn't in Birds of Prey. It was a different guy playing him, just you know, showing his back and everything. But it seemed like Warner Brothers really didn't want Joker in this. Then again, this is very much a movie that Warner Brothers is kind of letting Snyder do his own thing. Listen, I, I think ultimately what it comes down to is Warner Brothers is testing the water with the Snyder Cut because they know a ton of people are going to watch the Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah. You're testing the water for two things. Does anyone actually want to see the IAR cut of Suicide Squad? And could a Ben Affleck Gotham Bat show work on HBO Max? I believe they're testing the waters for both of them, and I okay. believe that both are in the cards. I think that... Both are realistic, depending on the numbers of the Snyder Cut, which I think are going to be very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would gladly watch a Ben Affleck Batman show. Uh, that <laughs> Especially would be with Deathstroke. Amazing. Yeah. Deathstroke. Joe Manganiello. He, yeah, it, it would be amazing. Uh, this is the first time that we're actually going to see Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker actually interact. Kind of. Suicide Squad kind of had their interaction. Yeah, where the car chase scene, which wasn't but really... But they didn't even, like, make eye contact or anything or any other... Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Each other. I mean, I, if you know me, you know I hate Jared Leto's Joker, and it's stupid, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> tattoos are the worst decision ever, but... Damn, but he's I, damaged. How is he going to know he's damaged? Come on. <laughs> I, damn it. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's it's not not my ideal version of Joker, but... Maybe, you know, I, I, I do think Jared Leto's a talented actor, and I think that he didn't really get the room to shine that, even though I don't think it would change much, but he didn't really have the room to shine. So it's, it is hard to jo- judge his Joker performance based on what we got. So I would be interested in seeing more of it in a Bat show and whatever Justice League's going to be. I mean, I don't even know what role he's going to play in Justice League. Something with Lex Luthor, maybe? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, oh my God, voice crack. <clears throat> Good job. I'm... He's 22. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, what do you think? I'm going to say either he's going to be the very beginning. You know, the beginning of Justice League, one of Josh Whedon's scenes, I, which I actually enjoyed. I've, I've gotten rid of all of Justice League out of my memories. I don't remember one single scene. I bleached it. What is brunch? I mean, you stand in line for an hour for what's essentially lunch. Anyways, flashbacks, uh, <laughs> the numbers, what do they mean? The start of Justice League, for the hundreds of viewers here that hasn't, hadn't seen the movie or erased it from their mind, uh, Batman takes down a parademon in Gotham City. And it's just kind of like a first look at, hey, this is Batman. He's just doing Batman things. It doesn't really have anything to do with Justice League. You know, it's, it's, actually a scene I li- it's actually a scene I liked, by the way. I did too, except for when he says Alfred in front of the thug. 
<laughs> yeah, should have been Penny One. Yeah, that which I think we talked. I think we literally talked about after seeing Justice League. Yeah, exactly. After we both rated it eight point five. I think I rated it like a nine. Pain. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyways, uh, I'm guessing the scene for there because I know that's a Whedon scene, but I'm guessing Zack Snyder is going to do something similar at least with Batman taking down a thug. But in this case, it's not a thug; it's the Joker. Or end of the movie. You know, the end of the movie for. Justice League, how it's a bunch of characters is what they're doing now. Aquaman's swimming. Uh, Cyborg is getting like an upgrade and stuff like that. Maybe it's Batman taking down Joker. Kind of like BVS where he threatens Luther. Maybe he threatens Joker in this case. I'm guessing it's going to be for something very small, very minor. Nothing to do with the actual plot of Justice League. Like we're not going to see any members of the League interact with Joker except for Batman. So since Deathstroke breaks Lex out of Arkham... Mm-hmm. I was thinking. Wait, he's in Arkham, right? Uh, or was he in Blackgate? I, I can't think remember. he was in Blackgate actually. Oh, because I was thinking if he was in Arkham, maybe they could have uh, Joker appear in like a mm. prison scene. But he, he was in Blackgate, but then in the interrogation scene of BVS, Batman says they're transferring him to Arkham. Oh, okay. So in so Justice maybe, League, he would be in Arkham. Yeah. So maybe they could do something where it's you know along the lines of Joker in the cell or something like that. Something. I yeah. mean, I guess at the end of Suicide Squad, Joker's still free, but... Technically, yeah. Because considering Harley's free in Birds of Prey, that would mean that Joker's still free then. The bell cannot be unrung. I like that scene. I, I, I don't like care. that scene too. I was about to say, like, I, I like Listen, it. Listen, <laughs> on this show, we do not apologize for liking BVS, okay? I mean, I, I like will. BVS and I'm not ashamed of it, okay? I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at you, Tyler. I'm looking at you, Harper. I will not apologize for liking BVS. I will not apologize for liking Ben Affleck's Batman. There, I said it. I, yeah, I agree. I love BVS so much. And so that's why you were doing ring, ding, 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 ding. I feel like I should be saying, I like, like oh, care. God, don't do that. But I, I legitimately. Listen, listen. uh, Possible hot take here. I think Jesse's Lex has a lot of great dialogue. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're always delivered great, but like, for example, the scene on the rooftop where he gets Superman to kneel before him is brilliantly written. That is one of the best. When when he talks about when he when he he talks about uh, how like he talks about Martha like she's a witch, and when he starts doing the Polaroids, like Martha, Martha. Martha. Mm-hmm. Listen, maybe you don't like the way he says Martha. I thought that was brilliant. I thought the way it's written is amazing. And I feel like if you had Michael, I mean, uh, Michael Rosenbaum or Clancy Brown, who voiced it, who voiced uh, Lex on the DC animated um, universe yeah, uh, from the 90s, if you had them read those lines, I think they would be fan favorite lines because I, I think people just care more about Jesse not having a deep voice, but the lines are very good. Everyone go like pause this episode or wait till the end, maybe. And go to YouTube. Pause the episode. And it, look it, it'll up, probably take too long. <laughs> yeah, look up Batman v Superman. Uh, rooftop rooftop scene. Yeah, rooftop Lex, scene. Lex I guess the rooftop scene. Yeah, and just watch that scene with a non-biased opinion. Don't watch it like, oh god, I hate this Lex Luthor. Just watch it as a movie. Maybe you don't even consider him Lex. Consider him just a villain to Superman here. It's so well done. It's like JD said. It's so well written. Where Every is line. she? I don't know. I, I wouldn't let him tell him. And even the end, when the music starts to chime in slowly, like the classical music, and he says, "Ah, when you came here, you had an hour. Now it's less. Now it's less." <laughs> and he slowly gets on the on the helicopter. Ah, oh, it's it's so good. Like that. That is a man taking down what is basically described in this movie as a god using words. 
he has Superman go to his drop to his knees because Superman's looking at the pictures of you know his mother tied up. Yeah, you're watching <laughs> it now. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> YouTube.com/slash/hero-story. He goes on his what knees to look up the uh, the uh, pictures, but as he does that, Luther slowly puts his hand over this, his head. This, and this says, whole scene is brilliant. Where 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 he's like, I wouldn't I wouldn't let them tell me, and then like his eyes are glaring. He's like, ah ah ah. Like yeah, you can't. If you kill me, she dies. If you kill me, Martha dies. And if you fly away, Martha also dies. Yeah. Listen, oh you can talk a lot about the performance, but that is brilliantly written stuff. I don't care. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a message in the group chat with Tyler and Harper. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I can defend myself. <laughs> Are you just gonna put in the timestamps here, like we just talk about PBS and praise this, <laughs> this single scene from like this over? Like, you know, it's it's hard for me to do the timestamps sometimes because you know I I don't actually do I if I was smart I would just do the timestamps as we record the episode right that would make way more sense I could see the time just write it down. But for some reason, I do it the next morning. <laughs> and in the next morning, I'm just like getting ready for work. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to do the timestamp. So I'm like, skip, skip, skip. I'm like, all right, we're talking about Batman now. And this is the time. And I'm like, skip, skip. All right, we're talking about Flash. You know, so like I don't actually like, you know, there's a lot of divergence that are just hard to cover in the timestamps. So. I mean, we're 13 minutes in now. <laughs> I don't even remember what the, oh, the beginning of this was Jared Leto's Joker. Okay. Listen, I, I think that there could be a thing with Lex Luthor. That, that, that was my original point here. Man, I always divert like that. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, like, comparing kind of like with the Lex thing. With Jared Leto's Joker, a lot of people are comparing him to Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, where he sucked at first, but then he came back and he was amazing. Maybe that could be the scene for Joker. Probably not. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I'm, I'm thinking that's going to happen. I'm just saying that it's possible. And I'm actually okay with Leto returning. It, gives some continuity to this whole dceu and it kind of gives him a chance to redeem himself because with the right writer i don't know if that's Zack snyder but with the right writer he could be a really solid character just at the moment we have seven minutes of him so yeah listen that's, that's very fair and they said he filmed enough in suicide squad to have an entire solo joker movie so mm -hmm. i you know released the ir cut I, but I do think this is testing the waters for the Iron Cut, and I think it's testing the waters for a Gotham Bat show, which has been rumored for a while for the mm -hmm. HBO Max, uh, a whole Ben Affleck Batman show. We'll which see what happens with line me up with the amount of fan reaction to Batflick returning for to Flashpoint and him. Shooting imagine scenes imagine Justice a show League. made with like like the style of like Daredevil to the boys with Ben Affleck's Batman. I mean, I oh my god, it would be the best with Daredevil. Oh my god. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the best dialogue ever written. Sorry, I'm going to rephrase that before I get hate. Some <laughs> of the best dialogue written in superhero media comes from BVS, that rooftop scene that we were talking about, and Daredevil Season 3, last episode, when he talks to Kingpin at the end. Like, I beat you, kind of thing. That is the best dialogue written in superhero stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, news of the week. I forgot to add this on to our list, JD, but... Deadpool 3 is apparently going to still happen, as we kind of knew. It was basically confirmed at this point. But it's not going to be... It's going to be in the MCU, but the same way as Daredevil in the MCU. Now, this is a rumor right now. There's going to be a Marvel Knights universe where it's going to be, hey, I'm Deadpool, I'm in the MCU, but you won't find me in, like, the next Avengers kind of thing. So he's going to be his own thing, still in the same universe, so references will come, but still his own thing. This is a rumor as of now. It's rumored to be the Marvel Knights universe. This is the case. I think this is a good time to bring back Daredevil, Punisher, Luke Cage, all the defenders. Just continue their stories, but say it's in the Marvel Knights universe, which is the MCU. Just, you know, they're going to be ignoring Captain Marvel flying by and stuff like that. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I heard rumors that they're making Daredevil three and four. I mean Daredevil, uh, Deadpool three and four back to back, which um, mm-hmm. I, I mean that, any I'm validity okay to that. that. Um, Rob Liefeld's probably fuming because he said no, Rob, no good, de- uh, no good Deadpool, and it's like <laughs> we don't want you, Rob. Yeah, go away, Rob. <laughs> we get it. You co-created him, but go away. Um, but if this is the case, though, I think that's kind of a smart idea. A lot of kids follow the MCU, you know? A lot of kids are excited for the next MCU movies. They like following the movies themselves. I've been following the MCU with my dad. If I was a kid, I'd probably still want to see Black Widow and Eternals and all these movies with my dad, like my family. But if Deadpool is coming out and it's continuing the story of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and... It's rated R, so I can't go see it. That suck. So I think it's smart to have Deadpool stay R-rated, but still have an MCU, MCU for us fans, but it's not necessary to watch to follow the whole plot for whatever the next plot's going to be, since we have the Infinity Saga just ended. So I think that's smart, and it also gives a chance to have the Defenders return, because the Defenders are very dark, very much not meant for kids, and if you want to keep that tone up, just say Marvel Knights, still in the MCU, not following whatever storyline's going on for the other movies. So, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, next in MCU news, Falcon the Winter Soldier is just about done filming, and it was confirmed that they're going to be bringing back very old MCU characters. Not old as in age, as in these characters were in Marvel Phase 1, but haven't appeared since. Who do you think it is? We're talking like Iron Man to, I wouldn't even count Avengers 1, I'd say before Avengers. I mean, is it going to be people like how um, <clears throat> in Far From Home they had the guy, uh, what's his name from Iron Man 1? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the guy's name? Jeez. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you talking about uh, the professor? T- Tony, St- no, uh, T- Tony Stark built this built this suit with a, with a box oh, of scraps. Oh, Iron Monger. Yeah. Like they, they brought him back in Far From Home. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Just so for like a, a scene. I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be characters like that. Yeah, it could be. I'm guessing it's going to be characters kind of like... uh, the first Avenger, maybe? Going with MCU Spider-Man, his professor, his science teacher, was the college student in The Incredible Hulk. Is that, like, canon same character? I know it's the same actor, but is it canon same character? Yeah, they they have the same last name, so... Cool. I don't think his first name's ever mentioned in the Spider-Man movies, because he was my mister. Very cool touch, even though I think the teachers are very annoying and far from home. (laughs) Good touch. (laughs) My wife left Oh, me. God, I just got, I just, oh, God, just saying teacher and far from home just made me think of that horrible, look at the baby mountain goats. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was probably that the worst so when you, when it, All right, so we just had you look up a great scene on YouTube. Now you're going to look up a bad scene. And Tom Holland jumps out of the bus, uh, jumps up top of the bus and takes out the drone and Spider-Man far from home. Absolute dumpster fire. And no one notices. And no one notices. The baby mountain goat, Peter, nice, nice going, Peter. <laughs> oh, God, I hate that so much. You know, uh, Thompson? Oh, but for characters returning, I rewatched the MCU movies fairly recently. Like, right after Endgame came out. So they're kind of fresh in my head. I can't think of any returning characters. Pretty much every character from Thor is dead. Except for uh, the professor that was in Avengers. You know, he, he got mind-controlled by Loki. Kind of, I forget his name. And we already know Natalie Portman's returning. The other girl with the beanie. <laughs> names I uh, maybe her but what would be the purpose of that so I, I'm trying to think oh Captain America First Avenger what if you had some of his old friends from a squadron but they're old that'd be kind of interesting just do like the whole like 
Although old Steve Rogers if, thing. If we're not, what is the MCU at? Twenty twenty three now. If it's twenty twenty three, there ain't gonna be too many World War Two guys there. Oh, that's right. Super like old then. Ancient. <laughs> yeah, super super old then. I mean, that's probably fine. Uh, uh, wait, where where am I? <laughs> I mean, they could still do it. I guess it'd just be like extremely old. Maybe Bucky goes to a funeral and he's like, "That was the last one I knew." Kind That'll of be good. That's a good touch. Yeah, so something like that. And then maybe Steve Rogers is there old. I, s- I still have hope that Chris Evans is in this first scene. No, Steve. I don't think I will. I know. <laughs> uh, next bit of news for continuing MCU. Spider-Man 3 has begun filming in New York. Actors playing MJ, so Zendaya, Ned, and M- and sorry, Aunt May were all spotted in New York City on set. Andrew Garfield was also spotted on set. People were like, oh my god, this is it. It's confirmed. It's kind of not. He's actually there to finish filming a movie that was filming before the pandemic hit. He's now wrapping up filming, and it does take place in New York City. So that's the reasoning why he's there on set for movies. But maybe when that movie wraps up, maybe you'll stick around New York and film something else. Spider-Man 3. We'll have to wait and see. Sony has announced that we are getting our first look at Spider-Man 3 before January. So we have about two months of before we see Spider-Man 3. I don't know if this means like a teaser or a poster or... We're casting announcements, but they just said first look coming 2020. Knowing Sony, we're going to see the ending. And a lot. But you know what? We haven't had an MCU movie in over a year and some months, so they're going to be feeding us good. <laughs> Take it. Uh, last, bit of new- last bit of news already. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is going to follow the Jane Foster cancer storyline, confirmed by <laughs> Natalie Portman. And she also said that the movie is going to be very silly. Those two sentences... Cancer storyline, very silly. They don't really match. I already hate it. Sorry, headphone users. <laughs> I love the cancer storyline. I just binged through the entire Jane Foster run, and I think it's very interesting. For those who don't know, new, uh, Jane Foster has cancer in the storyline, and she doesn't really agree with it, obviously, but like she doesn't want to just sit there and recover because she's worthy of Mjolnir. And when she picks up Mjolnir, she gets the powers. But it, when she lets go of Mjolnir for about a minute or so, then her powers lose. So she can still throw it and co- have it come back. She has, like, a time limit there. That being said, when she heals Mjolnir, the cancer grows. Like, it gets worse. So every time she becomes Thor, she's risking killing herself, basically, over R- the cancer. Remind me, she dies of the cancer, correct? Spoilers for a five-year-old comic? Yeah, about five years now. Maybe maybe four. Spoilers for the Jane Foster Thor run. She does, in quotes. Basically what happens is eventually the Mangog comes and is destroying Asgard, who's this Thor villain. He's basically Thor's doomsday, but more intelligent. And gods cannot kill this thing. Like, he is unkillable. That's the whole thing. Like, it can't be killed at all. So it comes to Asgard and it's killing everyone. It blinds Heimdall who's, you know, guy with a sword who sees all, blinds him right away so no one could come there instantly. And then that, that storyline leads to Daredevil training Heimdale, which is really cool. Uh, Thor is getting beaten. He's unworthy. Odin is getting beaten. Lady Freja, Loki, everyone's getting destroyed by this thing. And Asgard's on fire, and it's basically on the brink of destruction. Jane Foster is told by Doctor Strange that if she lifts the hammer again, she will die. So it's her, cho- it's her call. Do you want to go to Asgard and try to fight? Or do you want to stay and get better? And she chooses to take the hammer. So she goes to Asgard. She goes to fight the Mangog. 
And during this fight, she actually is kind of able to help defeat it with the help of all the Asgardians. Like Thor is helping, Odin's helping. So it's not just her soloing this thing. She does that by, uh, she gets like a chain and she ties it around the Mangog. And then she attaches a Mjolnir to it and throws Mjolnir into the sun. And then she she just is basically like, I'm going to leave Mjolnir there, like in the sun for this thing to burn. After that, she loses the Thor thing and the cancer strikes and she does die from cancer. That being said, she eventually, because this is all mythology, she's at the next issue is her at the gates of Valhalla, which is where Vikings go when they die in battle. And she's hesitant to go there, which is unusual. Usually when people die in combat and they're at Valhalla, which is Viking heaven, they they enter immediately and they ha- it's heaven. They have everything they want. They have great- they celebrate the person who died with a great feast and the Valkyries all there and everything. And basically she dies instantly. And now she's at Valhalla and she doesn't know what to do because she feels like she wanted more time in life. Odin, after seeing that this character who, by the way, throughout the entire run, no one knows is Jane Foster, except for Thor near the end. But no one knows is actually Jane Foster and other thing. When Odin realizes this woman who saved us is just a, a mortal from Earth who had cancer, he decides, like, that's stupid. Like, I don't like that. She, she deserves a fighting chance. So he basically goes to Valhalla, because he's Odin, talks to her, be like, I'm going to try to bring you back, kind of thing. Goes back to her body, breaks me, like, gets Mjolnir back from the sun, but leaves Mangog to burn. Uh, breaks Mjolnir, and for those who don't know, Mjolnir, uh, Thor's hammer, has, like, a sto- the god of storms or something in there. It's, like, the most powerful storm ever. Breaks Mjolnir, takes the storm, puts it inside of him, and basically is doing, like, CPR on Jane Foster's body like clear kind of thing but with a god storm and so he starts doing that and it's killing it's killing Odin to do this but then Thor comes and he since he's a god of thunder even though he's not worthy he's still able to help and they are able to bring her back but she doesn't she isn't Thor anymore when she comes back she's just Jane Foster eventually later on a few years later she becomes a Valkyrie but that's kind of the end of her as Thor she does die from cancer but they're able to bring her back using the god of storms Odin and Thor combine energy for extreme CPR. That was a long kind of uh, <laughs> explanation for one t- question. Time, time stamps added. Uh, Thor divergent. Yeah, um, we're at uh, three hours now. <laughs> uh, so the Thor Love and Thunder is covering Jane Foster Thor, mm-hmm. uh, the God Butcher. Light, well, rumored to be. Yeah. The cancer storyline. Th- these are all things that <clears throat> you, as a Thor fan, would be happy with. Yeah, well, I, and I, I yet, love them. Thor Love and Thunder, I mean, it sounds like you're dreading it. I am and I'm not. I'm excited because I do like Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, and I love how they're adapting the story because I love it so much. And I feel like this is one of the few times where you go into a movie theater to watch a new MCU movie and be like, I read all of this kind of thing, which I know it does mean we're going to get the same story. Civil War, for example, is not like Civil War comic at all. But still, it's the same thing. Like, I sit down and be like, I know what they're going to be showing here, in a way. Especially if the God Butcher's involved, so we'll have to wait and see. I'm also dreading him because I don't like Ragnarok. <laughs> don't get me wrong, the action's going to be amazing, because I think Ragnarok has some of the best MCU action scenes. But my god, the humor just does not Lo- really Love and Thunder is going to be Ragnarok on steroids. <clears throat> it's going to be tough. I just, yeah, the humor, especially with such a dark story like the cancer storyline, and probably if they're doing this, like Jane Foster Thor, that means Thor Odinson's probably going to be unworthy here. So that's also a story where 
when Thor becomes unworthy, he he drinks himself almost to death and he becomes depressed and angry and he does this whole list of who he thinks this new Thor is and he's fighting to find out who. He gets his arm cut off in the process. He almost, he loses his eye. Well, in the comics he loses his eye through this. But being unworthy makes Thor depressed for a little bit and a little reckless, which is dark. So it's like, okay... Well, if he's gonna be like fat Thor that would here, get him playing, gonna get him playing Fortnite and being sad. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they're gonna do something different. Oh, I'm unworthy, and I placed fiftieth. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's why he's gonna be unworthy. It's just because he doesn't have fighting spirit left, which makes sense. It doesn't happen in the comics a completely different way in the comics, but they can't do that way just because it involves the God Butcher, and since they haven't introduced him yet, I understand why you can't make him unworthy yet. So. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. I'm dreading. I- I'm sick and but curious about this movie. I just have to wait for a trailer to determine if I'm really excited for this or not. But yeah. Fair. That's Fair. my store lore. Or store. I don't know why I said store. That's my Thor lore. <laughs> the Thor lore. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think the movie's going to be good. I mean, listen, maybe I'm wrong. I just, I hated Ragnarok. I hope, and... yeah, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. So. We'll yeah, I'd like to be wrong. Um. Sorry, that's pretty much it for the news correct yeah that is it comics okay so welcome to the comic section i have no idea what time we're at roughly 29 minutes in welcome to the comic section uh so i only read two comics this week hunter read more than i did so maybe you have a more uh pick of the week cover of the week type thing going i I only had two to pick from so i didn't really have a big pool um i really like the daredevil issue though and i really like the daredevil cover so so those are your two picks you got the regular cover, like the Daredevil and Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Those are my two picks, too. Daredevil is probably yeah, my... cover is cool, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Daredevil is probably my pick of the week. And cover of the week, I ended up not getting the Spider-Man one because it wasn't in my store. But I'm not complaining because I got the uh, Alex Ross version, which is beautiful. It's just Alex Ross has been doing these Marvel covers for the past month now where it's just the character with a white background. But they look great together. I got this for Iron Man, I got this for Captain America, Daredevil, X-Men has Cyclops on it, so I got that one. I'm hoping there's a Spider-Man one, I hope I didn't miss it. But yeah, so that that's probably my cover of the week too. Although, honorable mention is Iron Man for pick of the week, because that was also such a good issue. So yeah. Uh, you want to talk about Daredevil first? Sure, yeah, while we're there. What did you think of Daredevil? Uh, first of all, references galore. My hat goes off to Chip Zdorsky because I like... The random references to Marvel issues that are kind of old. That's that's the cool thing about Marvel continuity. You know, DC continuity, you can't really go back and reference stuff because reboots make things not happen. In Marvel continuity, it's technically speaking, you know, kind of all happened in the same timeline. Yeah, so. there've been there's never been like a full on Marvel reboot. As far as I know, like full on, like they've had like everything. relaunches, but they've never had like yeah. a, the universe starts over. Uh, Spider Man and Daredevil meet for the first time again. They kind of had the universe start over after Secret Wars, but it was still like everything's still canon. It's just like Miles Morales is now here, kind of thing. So yeah. they, they've um, had universe restarts, but that doesn't change the history of the Marvel universe in a way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Daredevil. Uh, Refer- or sorry, Spider-Man references uh, the issue Spider-Man vs. Wolverine, which is... Is that it's, 80s? I think it's 80s. It's a single issue, too. Yeah. It's just one, and, a one but, shot. But I'm saying, like, Z- Zdarsky also, when he did the Fantastic Four X-Men, he referenced uh, 
um, fan, the original Fantastic Four versus X Men, or Fantastic Four, which was, Four also X-Men, which 80s, was in the eighties. Yeah, which is cool because it's like a four issue series that kind of got forgot about in the eighties, and the characters were able to talk about it like it happened a few years ago, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man says. Uh, I guess he didn't say when. He just said I kill. Well, to go through the plot, Spider-Man mentions this because he accidentally killed someone in Spider-Man versus Wolverine a long time ago. He says. I killed someone once in an accident. Wolverine was involved. Berlin. I was in over my head and I threw a wild punch in. It was horrible. I didn't know what to do. I just... So, yeah. He, he talks about it, but he doesn't say when it was. But it's acting like, you know, that that could have been like 10 years ago for him or something. I believe Marvel yeah. Comics, like uh, Peter Parker right now, is probably 30. I want to say 30. Maybe 29. Probably. It feels like he's older in the Daredevil title than in any other title. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I give credit to uh, Chip because he feels like the most mature Peter Parker in this book. Um, I I think this is a pretty good issue. Uh, Kingpin being Kingpin is very good. Um, we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, and I could, like, like almost, like, maybe, maybe it's because, you know, I like the show so much, but, like, I could almost, like, feel, like, the... <laughs> Of the guy's head going into the table. Yeah, basically. Like, I, I don't know. I could like, like, I could just feel it. And I could feel like his calm voice after. Like, I don't know. It, this was a very good like visual comic. Yeah, basically, what happened was there's a meeting between mob bosses and Kingpin gets triggered by uh, I think it's Ham- yeah Hammerhead, and he just bashes his head into the to the table multiple times, and then calmly just continues the meeting after and just adjusts. His, yeah, with his with like the bloody and... head all over the table. Yeah, and just continues like, all right, where were we? But just bashing his head in. It's, just, it's very much like, you're right. Like, like I could see that moving. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, so in this one, uh, Kingpin is back as the Kingpin. He has decided that he's going to return to his uh, role of, you know, keeping the crime families in check. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he said that this time he's he's going to take the role, but he's also committed to the people of New York. So he's going to balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as mayor. So he's going to try to balance both. Uh, interesting to see how that'll go. Um, Daredevil and Spider-Man have a really good moment where Daredevil crashes on the meeting. Now, to me, I got heavy Batman Year One vibes from Daredevil oh. crashing the meeting. Uh, so yeah, Batman yeah. Year One, Batman crashes the you know the the meeting with all the elite mm-hmm. as like from this moment Falcone on, and, safe. Yeah. and he's like like he's in, like it's the introduction of the Batman. Daredevil obviously knows all of them. They all know Daredevil. So it's not the introduction, but kind of like the, what he said while he's crashing the meeting, like it, it gave me the vibes of that dialogue of like, from this point on, none of you were safe. Like, like the way he said, like, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye. I'll be watching you. And, and he has Spider-Man back him up. Like, I don't know. I, I got definite Batman year one vibes. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> I admit when I first read this, I was bothered at first. I'm like, Daredevil can't break down a vault door. Because it shows like the vault door crashing down and then Daredevil standing there. I'm like, that's what? What? But then you find out that Spider-Man was the one who did it and just kind of like backed away to make it look like Daredevil did to just show the fear that these mob bosses can have. And then well, Daredevil... I, well and, I, and I like that they talked about that afterwards as well. Me like, too, yeah. <laughs> it explains. Like, like, I think a lot of people forget, you know, Spider-Man's pure strength. Like that, that's a cool feat for Spidey. Mm-hmm. taking down a vault door and that's not something daredevil could do in the end daredevil has awesome powers but none of that involves strength so and 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 i think you know chip's kind of been sitting on this issue for a while of 
you know, when he said Spider-Man in the book so far, Spider-Man's kind of been the reason, you know, voice of reason to Daredevil, where he's really keeping him check. And he's almost hard on Daredevil, you know, like he's he's not being nice to him. He's not like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry you killed someone. He's, he's being tough on him. So yeah. like he's you know he's being like like that that like strict parent almost. So <laughs> th- th- this is the issue where Spider-Man's like, listen, I'm I'm sorry, I'm acting the way I am around you. It's it's not that you know, it's 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 not what you did. It's just you know it, it reminds me of what I did, and mm-hmm. you know I'm trying to get you through that. So I th- I think the way Spider-Man's written here is written very well. I think Chip writes, I mean probably one of the best versions of modern Spider-Man, which I think is really cool. With a very, very, very mature vibe from him, and yeah, the interaction with Daredevil is great. They have a nice hug; it's it's very good. Um, the ending of the issue uh, with Mike Murdoch pop, yeah. uh, popping back up—what did you think of that? I, mean, I knew it was coming, but I didn't. I, I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Is that my first thought? Was like, oh wow, did like Tony Stark build him like a hologram or something? <laughs> I've got Mike Murdoch's here, so Matt's twin brother, who shouldn't exist, but does exist due to the annual. What What was the last line that he said? What? Hell yeah. Oh, God, I hated that. It's uh, <laughs> very Kite Man vibes here. Well, if it's Mike, though, because Mike is a very, like, edgy guy, kind of way. Yeah. Very, he's very Clint Barton-y, so I kind of I am okay with this, in a way, although I'm mostly curious how this is going to go, because I guarantee... I think next issue, the trial begins. Will Daredevil go to prison or not? And Mike does not have the same IQ as Matt here. so Or the same level of like, Hell yeah. <laughs> training for law. So I feel like... Your Honor, I object this. on what yeah. grounds? Uh, uh, the, um, these grounds? <laughs> the, yeah. There's, there's this great movie called My Cousin Vinny with Joe Pesci. Uh, and he plays a lawyer in that one. So uh, they, they have like their opening testimony and uh, it, it's supposed to be like two lawyers like making their case to the jury before the trial starts. So th- the other lawyer is like going off. He does like this whole thing like for a minute and Joe Pesci falls asleep during it. So then Joe Pesci goes up and they're like, uh, what, what is your response to what he said? And he goes up there and he goes, everything that guy just said is bullshit. So that's oh, that's well, what I expect yeah. out of Mike. That's what I expect out of Mike Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure the trial starts next week, because the next issue shows like Daredevil. A great yeah. cover, by the way. Amazing cover. I've just yeah. posted on my Instagram story a few minutes ago because it's that good. Oh yeah, yeah, it is very nice. So I mean, it's probably going to happen next week. So I'm interested to see what how this is going to go. Is there going to be violence? Probably not. But I'm still I'm still curious. Going back to a Spider-Man interaction when uh, Spider-Man and uh, Daredevil do just go around the city and sitting on bridges and stuff and talking. Says we talked for hours about our fears, the things we've done, lives filled with regret. This is huge Guardian Devil flashbacks right here, because in Guardian Devil, Spider-Man's only in one one scene, and it, which is by the way, the Rose Emma read fantastic Daredevil story. You don't need to read anything to read this one. Frank Miller's run helps, but it's all good. It's written by Kevin Smith. It's just one volume. Highly recommend it. Daredevil versus a Spider-Man villain who I won't spoil because it is a twist. But basically, I Spider-Man. Re- I, I highly recommend as well. Very good book. Yeah, it is. Do you remember the scene where Spider-Man and Daredevil talk? They sit on the top of a bridge, kind of like they do in this, and they uh, they talk about their lives and how similar they are. And Matt, for the first time, opens up about how Elektra died recently, which at this time was very recently, and how he's still hurting from that. And then Spider-Man opens up saying, I can actually relate because 
Gwen Stacy. Oh, it's died. Gwen. Yep. Yeah, and they both talk like, "My worst enemy killed the woman I love." They both basically say that. And that's the beautiful fucking thing about. Sorry, I cursed. That's the beautiful <laughs> thing about continuity when you could actually reference things that happened so many years ago and enhance that story. God, oh, DC. I can't see it that way. <laughs> So yeah, it's nice to see that it's kind of similar here how they, they sit down and they watch the sunrise and they, they talk about how similar they are and how this life is hard and they you lose people and you make enemies, but they're doing it because that, cause that's what heroes do. Thor Ragnarok reference for you all. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, anything you want to add or do you want to rate the issue? That's, that's, that's about it for me. Uh, nine. I really like. I was. Uh, I was gonna go eight point five, but I'm gonna go nine because I really did like this issue. I think it was really well drawn. I think it was really mm-hmm. well written, and uh, like every other Daredevil issue, it has me excited for the next. So, um, yeah, if you're not reading Daredevil, get on it. It's awesome. Seriously, you have. And to. Uh, Daredevil Guardian, uh, the Guardian Devil, right? Guardian. Guardian Devil is the Kevin. Guardian Smith story. Devil is is a very good story, Kevin Smith, and like Hunter mentioned, you don't actually really need to read anything beforehand. You can read the Frank Miller stuff because it can help enhance, but you don't. Re- you have baseline daredevil knowledge you can read that and same thing goes for the zadarsky run if you have baseline daredevil knowledge you can pretty much understand everything that's happening in the book yeah basically the, I, I recommended it to someone so as a follower actually probably someone who listens to the show uh dm me about starting zadarsky's daredevil but all they had seen was the daredevil show and i was like yeah that's all you need you yeah jump on that. and they read all four volumes i think and they love it so mm-hmm. uh yeah so just it's it's, it's very easy uh, I, that's like my favorite dm to get is when they're like so uh, you mentioned sunny hero story so i read it I'm like, <laughs> beautiful yeah we recommend daredevil all the time <laughs> as soon as we talk about daredevil every week it, everyone's like because i feel like that's the one comic that most of our listeners read because we hype it up so much <laughs> we, yeah. we just praise this book and if you're not reading like seriously gun on it like JD said, you don't have to read anything, though Daredevil is one of the few comic characters that pretty much all of his runs are really good. So, still recommended. Like I said, if you want to read Guardian Devil, go for it. Don't need any knowledge, really. But Frank Miller's run is recommended if you know already the entire run. Daredevil Born Again, which is considered one of the best Daredevil stories ever made, also gets referenced at Guardian Devil. So, I'd recommend reading that first, but you totally don't have to to understand things. So, yeah. Next comic. Do you want to do when you want to stick with Marvel uh, or jump to Batman? Let's just do Batman 101 real quick. I, I really don't have much to say. I think Batman 101 is Tinian's attempt to, hey, if you want to get on Batman, this is where you can jump on. Yeah. Um, yeah to me, this, it was. Is, this issue kind of felt like calm. It was, you know, hey, we're going into bigger stories in the future. So jump on the book now. You know, you, we just got past the 100 hump come read the book so that, that's what it felt like to me um and they're kind of putting bruce back more on the street level now with the uh whole losing the fortune stuff mm-hmm. um you know i, I think that's okay uh, it it definitely differentiates you know say bruce wayne and tony stark and i'm okay with that we'll, we'll see you know if, if the story's told right i think it could be good and uh yeah i thought lucius was pretty good in this issue and he was good he seemed very much like a setup for the new batman luke fox very much like oh hey i called luke in town when was the last time you heard luke's name in comics yeah 
I'm going to say Detective Comics 2016, maybe 2017. But yeah, it's been a long time since we saw Luke Fox. And now he's suddenly he's back. I wonder why. <laughs> so it, it's interesting there. So uh, I'm curious. What, um, I'm interested. I also Grifter in this issue. I didn't expect that, but I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, for some reason, I thought Grifter, the DC didn't own the rights to Grifter. I thought he was a, not like a DC. It's like one of the imprint characters, like kind of like he, how static, yeah. like how static is Milestone Comics. I, I was like pretty sure that Grifter was not DC Comics; that he was something that was like connected to DC. I think you're right on that. I don't remember what it was. Because I, I thought it. the same thing when I saw him. I'm just like, oh, I haven't seen this guy since like 2011. I didn't know he's been in comics. Maybe I don't know. Oh, Wildcat. Sorry, Wildcat. Like, like, Wild, Wildcats, that's the the Jim Lee book. That, that's what he's from. Oh, it's, I was going to say, which like, is, the JSA which, member? <laughs> which is also uh, uh, the... Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm stupid here. Uh, Wildstorm is the uh, publisher, so uh, Wildcats, which is owned by DC. But yeah. But same idea, like, it's not like a DC... Um, you know who owns a copy of Wildcats number one? Oh, so you should that. for one dollar. <laughs> well, how much is it worth? Probably not much. It's a '90s comic by Jim Lee, so they printed five million of them. But oh, okay, yeah, it has a cool. It has a very cool cover. Yeah, that's fair. If it's Jim Lee, then a must. Yeah, uh, Grifter himself is a really cool character. I didn't realize that he was like a like a hero for hire. I guess not a hero for hire, like a bounty hunter, bodyguard. I didn't realize that was like his purpose. I admit. I don't know if someone's like recommend me Grifter comics. I'll be like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I've read Grifter in stories where he appears in stories like this week's Batman issue, but I. Does Grifter had a solo series. I'm I offending. I'm, I'm, literally, I'm literally on his Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> I am offending three listeners right now, and I apologize. I. Oh yeah, it does. It does look like he's had a solo series, uh, and then cool the, design. Obviously, uh, obviously, the Wildcat series. Mm-hmm. Basically, a lot of people see him and they're just like, Red Hood's not blonde. What, what well, are they well, doing? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people recognize him from the Flashpoint animated movie. Yeah, yeah, it's saying that's Red Hood. He he does have a similar mask design, but he has the hair flowing. And it's more like a like a cowboy banana where they used to just put the banana above their face and cut eye holes out kind yeah. of thing. So it's very much like that. I think he does have a really cool design. He's really cool in this issue. I do like how there, there's all he fights Batman, realizes, oh hey, we're not supposed to fight. So Batman goes, does his business with Lucius, comes back out, and Grifter's still there, and he just has like small talk, like hey, we could have just called that sparring, no hard feelings, kind of thing. And Batman just goes like, it's huh. so I I do like his purpose in this, and I like how Tinian's using these bodyguards slash bounty hunters slash characters for hire. He's been doing that a lot this Batman run, and I actually liked his first arc with the whole like Deathstroke and Cheshire and all the other bounty hunters being hired better than Joker War. I, I enjoy that arc a lot more. So it's cool I'm using these usually minor characters in bigger roles. So yeah. Mm. Besides that though, Bat- Batman's moving. So that's cool. Yeah, it's, it, like, it literally felt like a jump on issue to me. Like, like mm-hmm. this is a new start for Bruce Wayne. And uh, yeah, jump on. So yeah. Uh, what do you read? Well, 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 so that if if you are looking to read Batman under Tinian, um, if you are looking for a place to start, or if you just want to read Batman comics in general, I guess you can jump on starting now. Yeah, basically, <laughs> issue one hundred and one. It's the start of a 
A new take on Batman. How many times have you heard that before? Too many. Yeah. Way too many. Thanks, Bruce. Oh, yeah. Also, sorry. Quick quick rant. Selena's leaving again? Catwoman's leaving again? Uh, I don't... DC can't uh, listen, make up their mind? Listen, I've never even been a big fan of Catwoman as a character. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never really felt the appeal. There, There's like four or five comic characters that I feel no appeal to that randomly pisses off people on Instagram. Catwoman's one of them. Just never saw the appeal. Hold on. What are the other three? Never been interested. Uh, Starfire, I literally could not care less about. I just have no interest in. Uh, Jason Todd, just really just don't care. Um, And uh, for some reason, pisses people off. I don't know why. Aqualad, uh, Garth, I just don't don't care. That's fair. Do you like Jackson? Yeah, I, I have I have no beef with Jackson. I just I think Garth is such a bland character. <laughs> okay, well, well, not bad. Um, I don't think I have any characters that I like, purely hate that are popular. At least I don't know. I is it, about like, it like maybe it's the um you know Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon fan in me that just hates Starfire. I don't know. I just like even you know solo runs that I've read with. You know that the feature Starfire. I just I don't. I never saw the appeal. I don't know. Just not a character right, for me. Yeah, fair enough. I, I but but I fully, that. I fully admit it, and I fully realize that it's just it's not a character for me. And it's you know some with Catwoman or with with Starfire. It's characters that I've read. It's just I I just don't catch the appeal. Well, I guess if I were to say someone, uh, Etrigan the Demon, I don't care for. I'm sure a lot <laughs> of fans of him are out there. The whole Etrigan, the history of the Etrigan, just just raged. <laughs> Uh, okay, Hawkman, Hawk Girl. Yeah, I, I could feel that as really well. Care. Even though, even though I think I would, I think I would enjoy Venditti's Hawkman. I've heard it's very good. I've, I've heard, heard it's, it's good too. I've I've heard you know he puts up good stuff, but yeah, I just don't care enough about Hawkman to actually read it. Yeah, I I mean I I know the whole lore of the character, Thangarian resurrection. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad concept. God, I just really get into it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool concept. It is. I don't know. I don't care. Here, let me just spend my money on my thousandth Batman issue. <laughs> uh, so basic. But yeah, I, I give the issue like a seven. You know, I enjoyed it, but you know, it's mostly just, hey, Batman comics are continuing. <laughs> All new Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm around the same as you with score wise. It's it's I. Yeah. Iron Man number two was great. You're not reading Iron Man. Explain yourself. I'm not reading Iron Man. Okay. Well, folks, let me run you through the scenario. Your boy has a car that is dead. The car (laughs) is sitting in the driveway and is dead, meaning I no longer have a car. Now, it's October. I've been okay with borrowing cars, with getting dropped off at work. It's not so bad. I'm an online university, so I'm really, other than work in the gym, I really don't go out much. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a comic reader, so clearly I have no social life. <laughs> so I don't, you know, the car hasn't been too big of a struggle. But at some point, I would like to have my own car again. It is nice to be able to, uh, you know, when, when I turned 16 and I got my license, the the best part of freedom was like, hey, I could go drive here. I remember, man, I'm hungry. Oh, I could go get food. (laughs) The first place I drove on my own with my license was Barnes and Noble to go pick up comics, which is a bookstore. I went to go get some some trade paperbacks, and uh, I I I can remember thinking like as I'm driving there, and it's like a five minute drive from my house. I can remember like, wow, I'm driving myself to go get comics. This is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was my thought process. So having a car is a lot of freedom. When your car is dead, that means you need a new one. But a new car is 
money. Yeah. I spend a lot of money on comics. I, I do. I Can would like I wish I spent less. Uh, maybe in January and February with DC New State, I'll be saving a lot of money. Boo. But <laughs> but anyway, um, Iron Man is one of the titles that... Well, first of all, I didn't even know it got rebooted until recently. But um, I have not picked it up for the first two issues. And um, if I hear it's very good and Hunter keeps telling me it's good, then I will get the trade. Yo, Harper made a whole put... YouTube video on it, Comic Rebirth. And like the I'll artist like reposted it. That is it was really so good. listen. We in this podcast we stan Comic Rebirth. We love Harper. <laughs> yeah, although his mic didn't work, so he's like his lips don't move to his voice, so it's kind of funny. But he explains at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, but but anyway, so Iron Man is one of the things that maybe I will be checking out in trade. I've yeah. never really read much Iron Man other than Demon in the Bottle. Don't kill me, Harper. Um. <laughs> well, I'm the same way. Like I haven't read too Marvel much. Puts out a trade with new trades every five issues because I have the Immortal Hulk ones every five issues. So. After okay. five issues, I could be like, all right, I'll just pick up the trade. Yeah, well, I mean, Iron Man just started. That's my defense of why I did not pick up Iron Man 2. Go on. Yeah, okay. It's funny how you remember your first time driving. I kind of do too, but I went to get a watermelon. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was, but your boy was on a budget, okay? I just bought a car, like, the day I got my license. Like, I, I was eyeing it for a while. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to see if I pass my road test first. I passed it, and immediately I bought the car. So I didn't have much. The, is this the one that the door handle came off from yeah, the freezing it's the same cannon? car? I named her nice. Talia <laughs> after we... Al Ghul. Yeah. Wait, was it actually after Talia Al Ghul? <laughs> yeah, because I was uh, I was reading a comic and Talia was in it. And I was like, I kind of like the name Talia. I'm gonna name my car Talia because That's... of that. And it's also kind of <laughs> like it's kind of like Batman's first love interest is my first car. I'm not even a car guy, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the door handle broke off because it was minus 36 degrees Celsius. I, I remember watching that video. Oh, I'm like, what the hell in Canada? <laughs> I went to open it and it just snapped off. But yeah, my first time driving, I went to get a watermelon because I'm like, man, I only have like five bucks. What could I get for like five dollars? Oh, watermelon. I like watermelon. So I went to drive there. I just went to a grocery store. I remember like being all like my hands were like sweaty on the wheel because I was so nervous. I'm like, oh, God, no one's in the car with me. Oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash. Because to be honest, I'm not the greatest driver. I've had oh. a few tickets. Uh, oh, I, no, you know you're running with the law. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I've gone on a few car crashes before. I haven't killed nobody. I haven't injured nobody. I've damaged cars before. Uh, I spent a lot of money on on these things, and when I passed my road test, my like test person literally said, "You know how to drive. You're just not very good at it. So I'm gonna give you your license." Oof. I'm like, oh, I, I, I pass? All right, cool. Because <laughs> I, I know how to parallel park, so boom, I got it. <laughs> that's all you need. Uh, so, yeah, that that's my that's my car story. Anyways, Iron Man 2. Believe uh, it or not, I failed my first road test. Ooh, I had to take it a second time. Oh, I'm, I'm about to embarrass myself then. <laughs> I passed the first time. Do you have learners in America? Like learners? Like permit? Yeah, uh, Maybe. It's like a something you can get when you're like 14. 14? Yeah, you can drive when you're 14 here, but you need an adult what in the car. The f- okay. No. Yeah, in, in 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 or at least in New York, it might be different in different states, but in New York state, uh, when you turn 16, you can get your permit, and then you have to wait till you're 16 and a half to get your license. Oh. But then you, it's called a junior license, which means you could drive till like it's dark. And then once it's dark, and you can't have more than one person in the car, which is stupid. Oh, that, that's. But then, but then when like, you turn yeah. when you turn seventeen, then you get your full adult license. Okay, so 
to do your first license, do you have to do like an online, like a test on like a computer or like a written uh, test? For, well, for the permit, which a permit means you can only drive with someone who has a license. Yeah. Like a licensed adult. Like is, ours, it's yeah. literally just a written exam. You take it at like the DMV. Okay. Do you guys have a DMV? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Department of Motor Vehicles, like where you go to get your license and you go to like... We, we have different versions. We have versions of that. It's not called... I mean, it's a government thing, so I assumed it was different in Canada. But... Yeah, it's, it's called something else, but it is basically what you're saying. You know, long, long lines, workers never help yeah, you. They send you to the different no. lines. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. For here, you can get a learner's license, which you can get... When at you turn 14? 14. Yeah, at 14, you can get it. But it's a test that you take on a computer. You don't have to be in a car at all. It's 30 questions, multiple choice, all different questions. So if you fail, you have to take a different test completely, practically. You might get the same question here and there. You got to take that test. If you pass, then I think you need like 80% to pass. Then you get your learner's license. And then it's the same idea where you can drive. You just need someone in the vehicle with a license. And then when you're 16, you can get your license. But you need a learner's to get your license. So if you don't know your learner's, you can't even apply for your license. For your learner's... Which is, I took, I started taking when I was 14. I failed. It takes an average person maybe one to three times to get this. Because it, it's a little tricky test. It's about like road signs and stuff? Yeah, like road signs and the road. school zones and stuff like that. <laughs> Welcome to your story. <laughs> but basically, for me, I didn't study. I just wanted to get it, right? So I was like, took it once, failed instantly. Like right away. Because I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I know that's a stop sign. Well, what is this upside down triangle? So, 14 year old Hunter was very confused and he didn't want to study. Next one comes, I, I just try again. I'm like, you know what? I only got like 25 out of 30 wrong last time. Maybe I'll just try again. Got it wrong again. And it's like $30 stick test. Oh I kept doing this for some reason. 14 year old Hunter was a dummy. I kept trying. And eventually, it was my, fr I remember my friend's mom made me study. Because I remember she's like, oh, uh, your friend, like, my son just got his learners. Did you get yours? I'm like, oh, I'm going for, like, round five. You know, I haven't studied, but I kind of know the layout of the test. So she made me study. It took me ten times. <laughs> to get... <laughs> yeah, I got you, on my 10th. You're 47 by the time you actually get your learners. Jesus. I, there was one point where I went three times a week. <laughs> oh, my God. So you spent... Three hundred dollars. Just learners. taking your learner permit test. Yeah, but I got it. You could have saved two hundred and seventy dollars just by studying. I was an idiot, you know. I I listen got a job to, fairly young, you know. I got my first job when I was fourteen, so I was making Same my here, own money. 14. And I was just spending my money on this. By, by the way, I miss being a fourteen-year-old kid with a job because when you're fourteen, you have zero bills to pay, and you're just like, "Wow, money is cool." I bought so <laughs> many, so many games, <laughs> so many video games, oh and so God. many tests to take and fail and be like, "Well, that's I'll I got try so many again my, tomorrow." That's how, that's how I got so many of my trade paperbacks. I think I was fourteen, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, I have money." Yeah. Um, yeah. This was a weird divergent onto a hero story. I don't actually know how we got on the topic of license and drivers. Anyways, permits. I don't remember either. Iron Man 2 came out. Uh, oh, so, my yeah. car. Yeah, my car. Yeah, I need oh, to get yeah, my yeah. Car. <laughs> anyway, Iron Man 2. I, I am a good yeah. driver. Hunter is not a good driver. No, I'm going to try to convince you to read Iron Man 2. Yeah, don't get in a car with me. Every time I'm with someone and they're just like... I'm with someone with my girlfriend, maybe, and we're going somewhere. I'll be like, oh, I could drive. My girlfriend's always like, don't let Hunter drive. He, he crashes. He gets tickets and everything. And I've had times where I'm in my car and everyone in the car just immediately, like, 
or silent listening to music like the oh shit handle yeah and then suddenly everyone's screaming <laughs> oh my god because hey i'm in canada it's icy i blame the ice because i think every crash i've been in has been in the winter that is a scary thought when and you're... only yeah and only one of them was on, on like my completely my fault because i was like hey let's try drifting and then i had a light pulse oh my god the the worst other than the door handle which was really bad i mean there's literally a video that probably still have it on snapchat where hunter goes to take his uh, open his door handle and that shit just comes flying off and it's like what the what <laughs> canada but also there was another one where his wheel was frozen into the ground yeah this was last year I'll probably... <laughs> so i parked it it was like kind of a warmer day out in the winter this was actually like january or something no i wasn't so this would have been december maybe and i parked in a puddle and then i went home and i slept and the next morning i had school so i woke up and went to grab my car and the puddle froze over my tire and it was there for three weeks i would like pick at it every day with like <laughs> with like a ice pick and it was not coming out at all and then i ended up getting help because i got like a guy who had a tow truck who was driving by of all things i didn't call him he just drove by and he's like oh you need a hand i'm like oh god please don't charge me but yes and he was able to get it out so yeah. I've wasted all my money on my permit test. I don't have any money to give you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But yeah, Iron Man 2 is good. Uh, it focuses right, on... right now, Harper is fuming. He's like, talk about Iron Man. <laughs> uh, sorry, Iron Man fans. Uh, Iron Man was good. Uh, this whole story arc, JD, is basically about Tony Stark realizing like he wants to go back to classic. He doesn't want to be like full-on relying on tech for everything. So he's in this issue, he's meditating, for example. Uh, he deleted his social media last issue because he gets a lot of hate. Like, for example, last issue he threw a villain into a... There was a villain attacking people. So he picked up the villain, this alien, and threw him into space and he had a satellite. And he's just like, alright everyone, I saved the day. You know, this alien was going to kill you all, but I saved you all. But they're all complaining because, oh, he had this satellite. Now I don't have Wi-Fi for two weeks. So he's like, mm. oh, come on, guys, I saved you. So he's kind of dropping technology. He's still keeping the Iron Man suit, but he went to more of a classic suit this time around. Uh, where, like, the eye holes, you could see his eye in it instead of just bright light. Unless he's, like, talking to someone kind of thing. Uh, this issue itself has a plot where he's basically kind of mixed reviews from this. Some people like it, some people don't like it. Tony's kind of depressed, in a way. He's trying to die as a hero. So he's between risks basically kill himself in a way he's not trying to kill himself but he's risking him his own life to save people which sometimes you could kind of think of a different way but here he's just like no i'm just gonna do this if i die in battle i die in battle it's all good you know in this issue a, a villain takes a giant metal ball made of adamantium vibranium and something else and he puts a bunch of stark employees in there and there's Barely, there's no ox or sorry there's 21 percent oxygen and slowly going down uh these people inside this ball are gonna die in four minutes so they gotta find a way to get breakthrough tony knowing he has four minutes decides right away like okay he tries shooting it doesn't work what do i do so he backs up and he goes full speed charging at this ball and he's like i'm just gonna try to punch a hole through adamantium here and vibranium goes as fast as he can he's asking like am i gonna survive this and his little AI says, oh, no. He says, okay, w what's going to happen if I do? And it's like, you're going to break, like, every bone in your body. <laughs> thing. Well, almost every bone. He just, he straight up punches it. And it, it's a great, great art as he punches the thing. He just goes full speed, hits the ball, actually does break a hole through it. But he 
like shatters his arm in the process to the point where he's in the hospital like his neck's broken his, his ribs are all broken his shoulder is sh- like in pieces in a way his arm he can't move it but he saved the people and that's all that matters that's kind of the plot of this issue is this the dep- kind of like suicidal but not suicidal tony stark just kind of like he's tired of the world and wants to die in a blaze of glory from you not knowing iron man stories and myself all included but you just hearing this do you think that's a good plot tony stark kind of like mr miracle yeah i think that's i mean listen with comic characters like that that have been around for so long that you've told every story with you got to try to tell different stories so yeah no mm-hmm. i think that's a good story Okay, yeah, I do too. I liked it. It's kind of where the issue ended. So, uh, I give it like a like a nine. I actually really like this. The art's beautiful. Um, the the writing's really good. I really like this Tony. It's very classic, and I'm looking forward to the next one. So yeah. And you want to talk a little bit about yeah, Spider-Man Fifty LF? Quickly do Spider-Man LR. It's basically. LR. Con- I thought this was just Spider-Man issue fifty from the point of view from like the Web of Shadow groups, like Miles and Gwen. But it's not. It's just continuing where we last left off. So I don't it's really know. Another issue. Yeah, I don't really know why it's fifty LR instead of just fifty one. But basically, this plot goes over uh, Spider-Man fighting his friends because they're all possessed in a way. He ends up accidentally almost killing them because they start to drown in the, the ocean. But he's able to pull them out, and then they kind of beat him up. They Madame Web is able to put venom, or sorry, not Madame Web. I think Spider Girl puts a lot of venom to like kill a small elephant into peter to kind of like knock him out but since he's mm-hmm. spider-man he's still able to survive that um issue basically the other plot of this issue is uh, norman osborne talking about how harry osborne is kindred and how he's like he since he's his sins have been gone due to sin eater he's realizing all the horrible things he's done too like killing gwen stacy for example so he talks about that for a little bit and mm-hmm. how he's like he, he realizes like oh god i'm a monster like i'm a terrible person uh basically the issue ended with peter kind of going unconscious and someone returning to new york that we haven't seen in a while when i first saw this it kind of hints that that it's like someone just returning from plane i'm like oh god oh they're bringing back gwen stacy like real gwen stacy like please don't do that she's dead don't do this and i flip the page and thank god it's mary jane so mj's back in new york she's been gone for like like two years now or something the run yeah she left to do the whole mysterio acting story which she had her own mini series called the amazing right. mary jane uh i guess that's over and now she's back in new york so yeah all in all the issue was okay <laughs> it's like a seven you know i'm looking f- i love this arc i'm looking forward to it but this issue felt like okay why is this 50.lr anyways sorry yeah it was good though i, I okay. enjoyed the ending but yeah that's the uh that's the comics of the week and we are now about an hour and five minutes in so all right so let's do the history of the batman and then we'll wrap up the episode mm-hmm. so welcome uh the history of the batman listen there's a lot of history that starts with batman and it all starts with one comic detective comics number 27 aka the first appearance of batman now technically not his first image in comics uh, the mm. first image of Batman came in Action Comics number 12 as an advertisement where you see Batman's face and uh, it's an advertisement that says, The Batman, this thrilling adventure strip starts in May ish- in the May issue of Detective Comics. So uh, teased, uh, you know, a few months earlier. 
Batman is a character created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of dispute <laughs> in the whole Bob Kane, Bill Finger story. Uh, mm. So since Hunter and I were talking about, uh, you know, what character do we, do we, do we want to do the history of? So I, basically so I could prep and uh, we, we decided on Batman. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do my Batman prep. I know a lot of it, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to refresh up on the facts. And uh, I was reading some of the Bob Kane, like, his point of view and Bob Kane's point of view basically changes on it throughout the years. So mm-hmm. in the forties in the fifties in the sixties in the seventies, Bob Kane is, I-, I created Batman. Bill Finger did nothing like he can, you know, uh, other way, other way around. Bill Finger was the one who was the selfish one. I no, no, no. Bob Kane was the selfish one. Huh? Bill Finger's the one who never got credit. Bob mm-hmm. Kane what no 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 Bob yeah, Kane was Bill, the artist yeah Bill, Bill Finger came up with all the ideas for Batman Bob Kane remember Bob Kane's vision of Batman was just the red suit with the black wings you have Batman backwards um what I this whole time I thought it was Bob Kane who was the like no Kane Bob Kane is the villain of the story I thought it was oh. Bob Kane, so no. for years and years and years, when it said Batman created by, it said Batman created by Bob Kane. Bill Finger's name was left off forever. It wasn't until 2015 that they actually started giving Bill Finger credit on it, long after his death. Bill Finger is the one who came up with most of the premise of the Batman, which we'll get into in a few minutes. So Bob Kane in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and really even the 70s, used to say that, oh, I'm the one who came up with the Batman, Bill Finger just helped out, but I'm the one who came up with the idea of it, and he was taking all the credit, and it wasn't until they made the Batman 1989 movie that he actually gave credit to what Bill Finger actually did for Batman, and he talked about in interviews that, oh, well, Bill Finger came up with the idea of, you know, in the black suit, in the cowl, with Gotham Mm. City, Commissioner Gordon, all of that stuff. You're right, you're right. (laughs) Of course I'm right. I was like, no. (laughs) Anyway, Bob Kane is the villain of the story. Uh, so, basically, in in 1939, Action Comics number one comes out, and Superman is a huge hit. And the comic companies are dying to get another Superman. So, they're like, all right, what can we do? We need to do more superhero stories. And that's when Bob Kane comes up with the idea of Bat-Man. Uh, in his Who? head, it's a, in, <laughs> yeah, in, it's a blonde man. In Bob man. Kane's head, it's a blonde man. He's in wearing a, red a sweater. Uh, like a, ma- a domino mask with a red sweater and big bat wings. Basically and, think of uh, like Green Lantern, like Alan Green Lantern. Yeah, like Alan Scott. Alan basically. Scott. Think of that, but with actual bat wings. Not not a cape, bat wings. Yeah. So, so Bob Kane has this idea with his drawing and he goes down to... Uh, he goes to Bill Finger and he shows him his design. And he's like, this is my idea for a superhero, Batman. And Bill Finger's like, okay, but what if we change it up a lot? So (laughs) Bill Finger's first suggestion was, hey, how about we give him a cowl instead of the domino mask? And to make him with with like the ears to make him more bat like. And instead of giant wings, how about we give him a cape and gloves? So uh, Bill Finger was thinking the big game and. yeah, the, he, the, there's a lot that Bill Finger does here. I mean, Bill Finger comes up with the name of Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is a name that's made up from two uh, historical figures' names. 
the first one is Robert Bruce, who's a Scottish patriot from like early Scottish history. And then uh, the second one is uh, Matt Anthony Wayne, who I think is like an old English figure. So if you think about it, uh, instead of Bruce Wayne, we could have easily gotten Robert Anthony. <laughs> Which, you know, in another earth, I'm sure I hear a villain story right now is talking about, can you imagine if it was Bruce Wayne? <laughs> so, Robert uh, Anthony's a fine name. It's just some, some of the other Bruce some of the other last names they considered once they had Bruce was uh, Bruce Adams and Bruce Hancock. So definitely the right call on Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it fits. Um, and, and Bill Bill Finger said that a lot of what influenced him of making Batman is uh, the early character, the Phantom, which was a newspaper comic character. I don't know if you've ever seen before. Yep. Uh, same so, same idea with like the the mystery and the shadows and the, the cape, cape and but, all that. Yeah. So. Uh, so they they make the Batman who ends up being a pretty big hit and really it's just a character inspired by other characters and Bill Finger and Bob Kane admit this that you know Zorro and Dick Tracy and Sherlock Holmes are like like we're combining all these things and we're making the Batman mm-hmm. so uh, but yeah Bill Finger does not get enough credit and it's really sad because he, he really does a lot for Batman yeah. I mean Bob, Bob Kane might have the original bat dash man idea but bill finger makes it what it is i mean he, made he, Gotham. Wanted, he, he wanted a bright red suit and and bill finger's like well no he's a stealthy character why not make it like you know kind of darker color gray and black so yeah. he's you know can blend in let's have him in a dark city like gotham let's give him a sidekick eventually let's call him robin let's yeah let's give him an enemy called the joker two-faced penguin catwoman so now when Bob Kane signs away the character in, in I think it's the seventies, Bob Kane decides, you know what? I don't want any of the rights to Batman anymore. I'm done with it. I've, you know, had my time on Batman. Uh, so he signs off his, he signs off on it. He, he exchanges it for compensation. So he gets a lot of money for giving DC comics, Batman. And he also has one condition every single time Batman appears, whether it's a show, a movie, a comic, whatever, it has to say Batman created by Bob Kane, mm-hmm. leaving out Bill Finger. Now DC Comics did the right thing in 2015 and finally added long. it on. Way too long, because Bill Finger died in 1974. So uh, Bill Finger, in, in his lifetime, never knew that he would get the full credit that he deserved as the Batman mm-hmm. creator. Uh, the first thing to use his credit, uh, Gotham, the show was the first one that said Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Oh, okay. uh, ba- Batman vs. Superman, the movie also had it. And I think some new 52 Batman comic had it. Justice it League probably had it. Every Batman appearance since. Has yeah. Probably had it. Batman, so, uh, I think has had it too. And, and what Bob Kane did here also started the, uh, every comic character having their comic creators name on it. So now every time Superman appears, it's the Superman created by uh, Shegel and Schuster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that that's the the kind of the origins of the uh, byline. Nice. Yeah, it's so, nice to have that credit. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Actually, Tom King has talked about uh, the bylines before that he feels that they should be updated, where even though Bob Kane and Bill Finger invented Batman, he feels that Frank Miller is the one who reinvented Batman with batman year one so frank miller he in tom king's mind frank miller is an honorary creator of batman which i agree with to a point but i think it would be too hard to add in new creators like that so yeah for those who don't know kind of what we're speaking of here before frank miller came along batman was very much what you see in like the adam west show and movie 
he was very campy he was happy-go-lucky batman you know he's he's stopping joker from robbing a house full of rubber ducks and he's laughing and you some days you just can't get rid of a bomb so frank miller came along <laughs> and was like i'm gonna freaking make sure this kid's parents stay dead and he's gonna remember it and he's gonna be angry and he's gonna be depressed <laughs> and dark and brooding and he made batman the character that we know of today when you think of something batman you think of like a dark batman you don't think of Come on, let's go! That was weird. <laughs> yeah, you get the idea. So yeah, yeah. So uh, so now let's go into the early publishing history of the Batman. So Batman appears in Detective Comics number twenty-seven, and uh, the the original idea with Batman is we're gonna write him like a newspaper comic type thing, one-off stories, kills the villain, you know, with a gun sometimes. With a gun, <laughs> yeah. Like there's one just, where he snaps the guy's neck by swinging from a grappling hook, and the guy's looking out a window, and he just kicks the head. <laughs> yeah. So uh, th- that's what they originally thought, but. Uh, Batman actually ended up being a pretty hit character, and the next year in 1940, they ended up giving him his own solo title, Batman. Uh, and he and Superman were the ones that were the the two you know solo titles going on at the time that mm-hmm. were able to actually sell well. And uh, they actually ended up getting a team-up comic. Well, it wasn't a team-up comic at the time, but World's Finest Comics, which would basically be the first story was a Batman story, the second story was a Superman story, and it would sell. Uh, so in the forties, Batman has a lot of success and they decide that, all right, we need to add more to the bat mythos. So, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger, but really Bill Finger, uh, decides, (laughs) all right, what else can we add to Batman? So, uh, in over the course of the next few issues, he gets the bat utility belt, the batarang, the bat plane. Uh, and then we eventually get in detective comics, number 33, the Batman's origin. So, uh, it's only a two-page origin, but uh, it depicts uh, Bruce Wayne as a kid seeing his parents murder, and uh, at their grave, he vows as a child, uh, quote, by the spirits of my parents, I will avenge their deaths by spending the rest of my life warring on all criminals, which for 1940, Damn. not bad dialogue. That <laughs> is good, yeah. For a golden age. Uh then they eventually introduce uh, Robin, which, again, a Bill Finger suggestion. Uh, Bill Finger's idea was that Batman needs his Watson, like how Sherlock Holmes has. And uh, this ended up being a fantastic move for Batman because the sales doubled once Robin was introduced. Kids were now very invested in Batman who were not already invested because there was actually a kid hero in there, which was fairly unheard of at the time. Yep. In comic books. Pretty sure it- he might be the first child hero yeah could be wrong but yeah uh so so after after they uh have robin introduced they start introducing some other stuff joker catwoman some other characters uh the editor of batman decides that uh, you know we can't have batman like now that we're actually having a whole mythos and universe no more killing no more guns no more killing batman's done with killing he's done with the guns so uh, they decide really early on that we're going to be done with it. So for all the people who point, well, in the golden age, Batman killed. Yeah, for a few issues. So uh, anyway, uh, Batman is one of the characters that didn't fall off after World War II. So if you know the story of comics, uh, in the golden age of comics, comics sold amazingly well. And then once World War II ends, the most almost every superhero falls off and they stop buying superhero comics. And the only things selling were like, horror comics at the time and comics don't make their 
comeback until like the mid 50s. Batman actually kept selling the whole time. Uh, it was still selling well in the 50s, and he was one of the few superheroes to still be published in the 50s. Um, in, in this time, they decided to change the book, the uh, the team up book with Batman and Superman, instead of making it Batman and Superman stories, or sorry, Batman story, then Superman story, it's Batman and Superman together. They have them interact in World's Finest Comics. And that book ran, it was so successful until 1986 when Crisis happened. So that, that book ran for over 40 years. Uh, a very successful book. Yeah. Um, now, Batman comics were uh, scrutinized a little bit by the public uh, when they had the uh, seduction of the innocent uh, thesis by some psychologist who uh, said that comics were influencing young people committing crime, that they saw it happen in comics and that they... Which is true. <laughs> which is... It, it's, it's essentially the same argument that video games cause violence, which is... Yeah. Let's be honest here. Uh, one of the things that this psychologist said is that Batman is also influencing homosexual undertones because him and Robin <laughs> are homosexuals. Uh, I didn't know he that. clearly did not read the Batman comics, given that Batman and Robin are not homosexuals. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, because of this, the Comics Code Authority is introduced. So uh, you can thank Batman and Robin being gay for the Comics Code Authority. Thanks. <laughs> Um, and this is what started the whole rumor that Batman and Robin might be gay. Anyway, uh, that psychologist is very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the 60s, in, in the early 60s, Batman starts falling off a little bit. They introduced a little bit more new characters. You get people like the original Batgirl, uh, Ace the Bathound, Batmite. But still nothing taking off too big. But then he appears in Justice League of America, where he's actually like a, on a team book, which is pretty cool. Uh, but in the 60s, it, the sales are just not cutting it anymore. And DC Comics, it brings up the idea to Bob Kane. What if we kill off the character altogether? And Bob Kane's like, uh, no. But luckily for batman fans uh dc editor and dc god julius schwartz who is the editor for the the whole silver age uh takes over on the bat book and he decides to change things up so he changes up how batman looks and he puts the great artist carmine infantino creator of barry allen and many other silver age characters on the book to kind of rub up the batman this is where we kind of get like the more blue suit uh you get the yellow on the bat logo and this is where we actually get some different interesting stories uh, and then, of course, in the 60s, we get Batmania when the Batman show starts. In 1966, the Batman show starts. And uh, the sales skyrocket because of the show. This is the first time that a show actually has impact on how a comic does, and which would become big in the modern age, of course. Uh, they, they said that Batman was selling up to 900,000 copies in the 60s because of the show. Which is Jeez. insane. I mean, well, yeah, that, it brought people to a larger audience. I mean, even the, today, the average comic, the average comic nowadays sells like fifty thousand copies. So nine hundred thousand copies in the sixties. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, well, even today, movies get people into comic books too. Yeah. So. And 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 through the show, you get uh, introductions like Batgirl. Barbara Gordon is introduced through the show, and then they bring her into the comics. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, and yeah, so Batman is back in the 60s, and then that's where uh, creators like Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams take over. And at that point, they kind of get away from the campiness of the show, and they try to make Batman more mature. So though Hunter said that Frank Miller was the first one to really you know, darken the character, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams were the first 
ones to kind of get the Batman close to that. And then, of course, <laughs> Frank Miller takes over in 1986 with Batman Year One, which is yeah. extremely popular, and The Dark Knight Returns. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's, that's the, history the Batman, Batman history. And then, so, uh, and then he met Gotham and Gotham Girl, and things changed for the next oh four years. <laughs> the, the moral of the story is that Bob Kane took credit from Bill Finger, which is absolutely disgusting. Um, it's something that unfortunately happened a lot in comics back then, mm-hmm. where the writers would take a lot of credit from the artists, and um, especially, you know, we know the Marvel comics way of making comics was the artist does the entire story. And then the writer adds the dialogue in after, and that's all he contributes to the story. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of you know rumors and stories back in the day of Stan Lee taking way too much credit for Marvel characters. That you know Jack Kirby was the one who was actually pumping out the magic, and uh, yeah. pumping out the magic. So uh, I mean, yeah, that, that can be said about a lot of characters. Stan Lee, in fact, a lot of people believe the only characters that Stan Lee truly were his ideas fully were Spider-Man with the help of Ditko and the help of Jack Kirby for a little bit design-wise. And I th- believe the Fantastic Four. I think that that's it. Yeah. But like Iron Man, Thor... But 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 even the Spider-Man been... stories, Steve Ditko was doing the entire story. Stan was just adding the dialogue at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you look back at those stories, great premises, dialogue is an exclamation point after every single sentence. <laughs> Why is everyone yelling? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... Uh, it makes you actually wonder how many comic creators were robbed uh, back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, these great artists who yeah. made these great stories that the writers took the credit for. So to this day, it's different. Of of course, like it's, the writer it's a, writes it's the 100% story. It's 100 different. Yep. The artist can be involved in the story, of course, but in the end, it's usually the writer writes the story, the artist does the art, which yeah. is good. You know, that, it's it's yeah, it's it's drastically sense. changed a lot for the better. But yeah, um, so Bob Kane, not the best guy. At, the, at least at the end of his life, he was a little... I mean, this was after Bill Finger was dead, so it doesn't really make it right. But he... And when the 1989 Batman movie came out, even though he didn't get Bill Finger's name on it, he did give more credit in press conferences and in his autobiography, he talked about how Bill Finger influenced the Batman. Mm-hmm. Again, the talk doesn't really mean much when you didn't actually do anything to help Bill Finger while he was alive or... You know, like Bill Finger never got the compensation for Batman that Bob Kane got. Bob Kane was getting check after check after check for Batman, while Bill Finger did not. Bill Finger only got paid for the comics he made, not the comics that featured his character afterwards. So, and if you think about how much Bill Finger influenced the Batman and Batman mythos, he's really deserved way more than he's ever gotten. So, uh, I I think there's there's definitely a a big thank you that has to be sent to Bill Finger, and you know, I, I hope that. You know, Bill Finger, you know, whatever you think the afterlife is, I'd like to think that Bill Finger is looking down upon us and realizes that, hey, at least I'm being appreciated now. Like, I wish it could have happened in my lifetime, but at least people appreciate it now. People know now. Yeah. He's, you know, without Bill Finger, there is no Batman. Batman would have been a one-off character in the Golden Age that is never remembered. Yep. He would have so. been that guy in the red sweater that appears in Detective Comics. Bat dash doesn't man. appear again yeah, yeah respect so. the hyphen <laughs> bill, 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 respect the hyphen so bill finger did a ton for the character and uh yeah it's just crazy how the character has influenced so much pop culture and media over the years i mean it also changed the movie game the 1989 batman movie absolutely you know skyrocketed the idea of comic book movies can be so profitable 
people saw that multiple times in theaters joshua williamson so yeah it, it changed the game and today i believe if you could go to any country in the world and wear a batman shirt and people would recognize the logo yeah he's so. he's one of the three most recognized heroes along with superman and spider-man so mm-hmm. uh yeah everyone knows batman everyone loves batman if you ask almost anyone that collects comics they have a ton of batman comics yeah i know i know he's not my favorite hero but i probably have the most out of anything out of all my trades i have the most batman trades and out of all my single issues probably the most batman single issues i'm the exact way so yeah i collect more batman than anything even to this day although i'm not hunting for batman comics if i see something i'm like oh i haven't read this before oh i read this a long time ago chances are i take up my wallet and i say i'm sorry (laughs) buying this Buy another Batman comic that I that'll be on my shelf for a while and they won't read for a long time. But yeah. So it's it's you know definitely a great character, definitely a really rich history. I, I think it'll be interesting to make a movie, uh, um, you know, k- kind of like how they made the Social Network where they kind of make Zuckerberg the bad guy. Yeah. I, I think it'd be interesting to see Bob Kane is the bad guy. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would like be- the influence because I I also think there's more that happens like you know. The, it's older, so we you know only have a few interviews. But in the '60s, I mean, Bob Kane was literally like saying, "Like I'm the one who created Batman." Like Bill Finger can claim he did this, but I created it. And it's like, bro, you're the villain. Yeah. Like yeah. while the '60s Batman show is making so much dough and has so much success, you're like, yeah, saying that it's all yours and you're getting credit for it and you're getting paid for it, while Bill Finger's getting zipped. I wonder if there are some like huge arguments there. Of I mean, I have, I have no idea. I don't... Bob is just yelling like, you know, he's my character. Like, I, I deserve him more than you do. And Bob King's like, oh, yeah, hey, I have an idea for Harvey Dent based on you. <laughs> kind of thing based on yeah, this conversation. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy what Bill Finger was put through. So uh, I'm glad that he finally gets the respect. I mean, it's way too late. I mean, I can't believe it took till 2015. I mean, he literally died in 1974. Like, mm-hmm. what, why? What took so long? Yeah. There's truly no reason why his name, like, once you... Bob Kane's name on the Batman, Bill Finger's name should have been there as well. So mm-hmm. um, at least they're doing it now, but again, too little, too late. Yeah. I mean, at least the future of Batman's bright and going as strong as ever. Can't wait for the Batman and him possibly having his own HBO show alongside his own character, Batwoman having her own show. And, uh, you know, Batman's. Bat- the Bat mythos are stronger than ever in any form of media. And definitely. I'll drink to that. God bless. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you guys like this history lesson, I guess yeah, this, a history lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the the history of the history lesson. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. Listen, that was a cool one to talk about. Mm-hmm. Batman is one that I wanted to talk about for a while because uh, there is a lot of rich history to that. That's my favorite thing about the comics, like the stories behind it and kind of like the impact that the characters have. Like that, that's really exactly cool. yeah. If if you guys want to hear us talk talk about more characters, we could. I, I would like to do Daredevil one day. I know his history is really interesting and cool. Both Stanley and even the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I get into that eventually one episode. Or we even do more modern characters like how did Miles Morales come to be? How did Jessica Cruz come to be? Or, and of course we'll get back into the classic ones. Supermans maybe. Wonder Woman's is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that, you know, we, we want to talk about characters that have the int- very interesting story behind the character, you know. Yeah. Anyone, anyone can tell you the fictional story of, you know, what happens with the character but it's cool to see the the real life story and what happened behind the scenes and how a character is almost different i mean imagine if bruce wayne was not bruce wayne and he was mad anthony <laughs> <or whatever it> was. 
Well, that's not the biggest change, but yeah, it's uh, interesting Robert what Anthony. happened in the writer's room. And who knows, maybe a Hero Story episode 710 will be giving you the history lesson of Aspire. Our hero. <laughs> Aspire, our hero. <laughs> yeah. Dom, Dom Donati, I like it. Yeah. All right, anyway, uh, that's it for a Hero Story. So uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. If you're listening anywhere else, we appreciate a follow slash, slash subscribe. Uh, for a hero, that was everything. Yeah, for a hero yep. story, I'm JD, <laughs> and I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye.